welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and returning to the show today is Dana Crozier. She is a chronic pain sufferer who has produced a documentary called Love Heals, in which she is featured as the main character. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Um, Dana, welcome back to the show. Um, I want to introduce Dana, somebody I met through um, the Back in Control Project, the Doc Journey, and basically she started to participate in our group um, after she had some surgery that did not work well. She had an operation, had a complication of a dural tear. They went back and repaired it emergently. That didn't work. So her pain started in 2017. And by the time she got done with the two surgeries in 2020, she was way worse. She found our group and what I do in about a month after this all happened. Um, and then we talked about her story in the last podcast. But I wonder what I want to focus on is that she had a lot of trauma. She had no hope. She was in a very dark hole that we call the abyss. And Dana, how are you today? Oh, first of all, thank you so much for having me back. I couldn't be better today, to be honest with you. I'm a much different human than I was when we first met. And just briefly, we talked about this between podcasts is that, again, I'm not very happy about my suffering journey, as you well know, and I don't think you're probably that happy about yours. But one of the benefits of going through that severe of a suffering and then coming out the other side is that life is really good. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I thought my life was pretty good prior to the chronic pain journey starting, but I couldn't have seen it during everything because it was it was so difficult and so painful. But in looking back, to be honest, this journey completely woke me up to a, a, a life that I never knew I could live. I mean, colors are brighter. Life is more vibrant. I see things in a way that I've never seen them before because of what I've gone through and the amount of gratitude I have today. But most importantly, my relationship to myself transformed more than anything else. I have more love and compassion for myself now than I ever had prior to this journey. Well, I want to emphasize one major point. We talked about that mental pain and physical pain are the same entity. And then anxiety is actually the worst part of the whole process. And anxiety is just a physiological state. It's inflammatory markers, excitatory neurotransmitters, adrenaline, cortisol, your body's fired up. You don't feel good. But safety is also a physiological state and so is love. And so the essence of safety and love is awareness. In other words, we know the book by Anthony DeMello, The Way to Love, which is really the way to awareness. And with, with awareness, all of a sudden, instead of you projecting your view of the world onto everything, it's completely reversed. Everything's open, everything's curious, everything's new. And we talked about how the human brain automatically processes anxiety and anger. We become very skilled at becoming anxious and angry, and it gets stronger and stronger with time, but we're not skilled at love. We're not skilled at developing the life that we want to develop. So everything in the human existence is about surviving, you know, going to school, competing, getting a job, putting food on your table, shelter over your head. So if you think about the human experience in general, it's about competition, just like every other living creature. So we have consciousness, but we're not trained during our schooling or any place how to actually nurture our cells. Just we, we sort of hear about it. We do self-help books, but we don't really know how to do this. 
So what I'd like to talk about is this effort that you're doing now, which I think is fascinating, and, and I'm honored to be part of it also, is that um, she and her, her partner is a very high-level film producer, and they created a film, I think in record time, by the way, called Love Heals. And um, do you want to discuss how that film started a little bit, as we talked about in the last podcast, and then where it's going? Absolutely. Thank you so much. About a year ago, while I was still in the midst of my healing journey, uh, my partner, Chrisanna, was asked to create a film that actually had to do with that exact thing, healing, using mind-body practices that, in this case, are like ancient Korean practices that the executive producer had founded 20-plus uh, years ago. And it was, you know, just perfect timing because I was still off of work and he decided following my specific journey might be really great for the film. So, you know, Chrisanne and I talked about it and thought this would actually be a really positive thing for both of us to do together. So, and so it began, we started filming in April of last year, which was 2021. And by January of this year, the film was released to the world. And it covers so many things that I would say you and I worked through over the course of, you know, two years with what right. you're doing with the doc journey and, and making people aware of how chronic pain and chronic illness really works and how much our brain has to do with that and our nervous system. So it felt like just the most perfect synchronicity uh, for this to come into our lives at the same time that I was going through it anyway. So it was one of those things that at the time I was putting a lot of pressure on myself because I thought, oh my gosh, my journey is now being followed. And we're also talking to people who have used these practices for years and, and the healing that they've experienced and the transformation in their lives. In addition to bringing people on an immersive retreat to experience all these different mind-body practices to see what was possible for others who had never really experienced something like that before. And what we saw was miraculous. I mean, we heard of some of the most remarkable stories and literally had a front row seat at watching people's lives transform from like despair and the abyss that you call it right. to having hope and experiencing healing in ways that they never thought possible. So for me personally, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, like, oh my gosh, what if by the end of this film, I'm not out of chronic pain? That's not a good ending. <laughs> so I really put so much pressure on myself for a period of time. And I had to really go back and say, okay, what did I learn during the time that I was working with you and going to these groups was like completely letting go of the outcome and also recognizing that healing is no destination. There's always gonna be things in our lives that we need to heal from, whether they're physical or emotional. And I thought, yes, my life is gonna be amazing once I wake up pain-free and I don't have to experience this anymore. And what I didn't realize is that I could live an incredible life today and enjoy things like I've never enjoyed them before, even if I still have discomfort in my body. I think for me, the win was recognizing that I can live an amazing life despite what I was experiencing as it relates to pain. Well, you just said it really, really nicely is that you make a choice to live an amazing life 
and it basically crowds the pain out. You're not doing it to distract yourself. You're just living an amazing life. You quit focusing on the pain. The pain circuits start to atrophy. Remember, this is based on neuroplasticity. This is not some psychological construct. You're actually causing your brain to change in a different direction. So instead of focusing on pain, 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 you're focusing on life. And as you live your life, things start to change. So I just want to talk about this word love. And this is a really difficult topic. You know, I've never really talked about this before. So be prepared. I have a different take on love. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> well, the reason, I just want to take the word because what happens, you hear the word love and it's sort of a used word, all sorts of different things. It means different things to different people. So you say, well, love heals. Well, that sounds, that sounds like some psychological construct. It's not true. So love to me is, there's a book called The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello. It's about the way to awareness, which means you're aware of everything your positives, your negatives, your friends, your family. So love and awareness are the same word to Dr. DeMello. And it's very intense. It's very profound. So you have to allow yourself to feel pain and still feel love because that part of your life is not great. You tend to react to it and avoid it. So the, the other correlate of the word to me, of the word love, isn't just awareness, but about connection. And so then anxiety is a physiological state of fight or flight. And love is the opposite. Love is a physiological state, just a word that describes your body chemistry with oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, anti-inflammatory chemicals. So the sensation generated by feeling really safe is what we call love. How's that? Oh, that's brilliant. And this is why having people like you and the other experts in our film, like Dr. Bruce Lipton and, and Dr. Les Aria and Dr. Fred Luskin talking about what love really is and how it impacts our body in a physiological manner and what forgiveness does and what acceptance does and how when you really release those expectations of yourself and you meet yourself with more compassion uh, you know maybe you can't say you love yourself but if you can have patience and compassion for yourself and the journey that you're on and you can experience these feelings it is such a healing. It, it actually creates a healing environment for your body, not just emotionally, like you're saying. So yeah, I, I love how you just described it, David. It was perfect. So I also have another angle on this to consider. So I belonged to a group called the Charter for Compassion many, many years ago. It was started in England and they would have compassion rallies, compassion cities, compassion, all sorts of events. And I realized at one point, I go, wait a second. So we know that anxiety and anger are simply responses to a threat. In other words, your body's chemistry is survival, it's powerful, and it sort of wipes out the unconscious brain. So I realized that when you're angry and frustrated, compassion goes right out the window, right? And so what I've since learned, and I actually lost this discussion years ago, but I now feel really strongly about this, is that all of us have compassion for ourselves, but it gets buried under these reactive circuits. And so the key is to is to look at guys, teach people how to process anger and anxiety, and then you let compassion and love emerge. It's already there. You don't have to manufacture it. It's already there. You're a human being. You want to survive. You want to thrive. So right there, by definition, you have a certain amount of love for yourself. But again, until you learn how to, until you learn how to process the triggers, why it's hard to sort of manufacture love to compensate for the triggers. How's that? That's right. Yeah, that's perfect. You can't. And one of the things that I learned from your colleague, Dr. Les Aria, is 
like actual tools to start to move in that direction. So when right. you, you see something come up and you name it, that is the awareness that you're speaking of. Right. If you can name it, you have awareness of it. And right. then, um, you know, you notice it, you name it, and then you nurture, you know, that self-talk, the ways that we talk to ourselves about, well, everything. If you can start to recognize how you're speaking into your own life, that's also something that can change the game because the more nurturing we become, it really impacts our way of, of processing these emotions that cover the love that is so naturally there that can emerge after that is processed. Not suppressing it, but literally processing these things as they come up and not being angry at yourself for even having those emotions is so critical. Absolutely. So we've heard enough about David Hanscom's view on love. <laughs> So let's go into what you are doing now, because I'm excited about it. And again, I just wanted the, uh, the world to understand when we say the word love heals, that Dana and I really are on exactly the same page, is about connection and engagement, but also part of it is giving back. And that's, to me, the mission you're on, which is very powerful, both you and Chrisana, and some, some of the workshops you're doing and some of the film stuff that you're doing. I mean, I'm just excited to see, when you say love heals, what are you trying to say to the world with that statement? That's my first question. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think you explained it really well in your perspective. And in our perspective, when you can reach that level of letting that self-love emerge and also recognizing that you are your own best healer, like you can play a role in the outcome of your life, that is how love heals. And if we can display that through film by following real stories of real people who were suffering badly with a lot of different chronic conditions, not just chronic pain, but everything from, you know, gut issues and migraines. And yes, of course, things like fibromyalgia, but also anxiety and depression and different, I know those are not necessarily just emotions. It's the expression of things that people experience, but there, there was such a variety of stories that we have. So when any person watches our film, whether they are somebody who has suffered or is suffering in any way, which I think is a human we all have, or we're caring for somebody in our life who's a loved one, a friend or a family member who is suffering, I think this film can really speak to each person. Some of the feedback we've heard is like I really saw myself in your film, whether it be the caretaker like Chrisanna and other people that we've shown in the film or those who are going through it on their own, or maybe some that are on the other side now, which are the stories that really resonated with me because that was the future that I saw for myself. And yes, I, I, I believe that what Dr. Les Aria calls our film is the truth. He calls it the prehab to the rehab. It sets a foundation for people to see, you know, love heals and what is possible. And then when you put together those practices, now there's no silver bullet, right? There's not somebody that's going to do expressive writing or just meditation or some of these practices that's going to be the cure-all. Right. It's, it's, it just doesn't work that way. And in my mind, in the very beginning, I thought that it did, but it's not. It's coming back home to yourself. And starting to allow yourself to process things that maybe you've never addressed before. And if you can't do that, 
there are ways of getting into your body. And this is something we show in the film at the retreat. So even doing different body work like tapping or other exercises that help you release some of that blockage in your body and create a balance of energy in your system, you actually don't always need to process or remember the traumas of your life. You can actually release things without even having to understand what they were in a sense. Right. So I do want to address something that I think is really critical because we both talk, we both agree the idea that love can emerge. It's already there. And if you're trying to manufacture it as a way of solving your pain, of course, that does not work. But also we'll find out, I found out this took me many years to figure this out, is that many people cannot give up their pain. They cannot give it up. And the reason why, because their, their emotional and physical trauma from the past is so abusive to be indescribable, is too painful to face it. And you can do it, but you have to be nice to yourself. In other words, there are techniques of just gently going deeper, deeper, deeper. There's no hurry to do it. But if you're the person who is listening to this and say, oh, this is just nonsense. I'm not going to do this. That's the starting place. Remember, your brain is designed to protect you. And actually embracing your skepticism and doubt is actually the starting point. And you have to stay there because that's what the brain does every day. So you say, okay, so here's my skepticism. It's here, but I'm going, to, I'm going to go this way. So remember, the skepticism and doubts deeply embedded in your brain from the time you're born for survival then you want to nurture hope and love, that's a separate skill than trying to compensate for the doubt. So the doubts, the, the skepticism is there, but also have compassion for yourself. If you just don't feel like you can do this, there's a reason for that. So I've ran across several healers myself that have been able to help people out of the hole that I had no idea was possible. Then your situation, you had some really severe trauma when you were younger, and you can't just go from that environment to love in one jump can't do it just want to be really careful about the title of your film because love does heal it is the answer but it doesn't just happen so daniel we mentioned that you know prior trauma and this is really upsetting to me how much trauma we inflict on each other as kids families people that are supposed to protect us impose unspeakable things on their kids and their spouses and their partners and stuff it's unbelievable part of the human experience. It just really dist disturbs me a lot. But if you're the victim of that kind of trauma, what I'm also learning is that you don't have any capacity to actually face it. It's too painful. And you can't, you don't put your hand under a hot stove. Any emotional trauma is processed the same way. So why would you do that? You can't. So there are techniques and specialists. They call them somatic therapists. There's a bunch of ways of doing this. So Dr. Ari calls it pendulation that you just start expressing yourself, allowing yourself to feel, and then you start training your brain to feel safe. You literally have to reconstruct your nervous system. And so again, the self-love thing doesn't, doesn't happen. It's not a contrived word or feeling you're trying to create to compensate for your pain. It's a very persistent, I use the word persistent, repetitive process, that some days are better than the others. And then what we call love, which I call awareness, by the way, emerges. And so you're a classic example of that. And like I said before, I know you still have some pain, but you're actually just starting your journey. You're just getting warmed up. Yeah, that's right, David. Um, to be honest, when I first got out of surgery, I was praying for death. I was in so much pain. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And even at home in recovery, 
I lost my will to live. And if that isn't the furthest thing from self-love, I don't know what is. Right. So it wasn't something that I would have been able to easily do. It took time. But I will also tell you that love isn't always the way that we perceive like love, loving myself. Right. It's how can I show up for myself today? And, you know, how can I be more authentic, for example? So for a long time, I lived my life in a way that just didn't feel authentic. And there's a lot of different reasons. You know, I, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin until my late 20s as a, a person of the LGBTQ community because I was not accepted. So right. imagine what's going on in somebody's body when they're living a life out of alignment with who they truly are, like the truest self. It was not good for my nervous system. Imagine that coupled with a lot of trauma, sexual trauma, which I would say is probably the worst when I was a very young person from a stranger, from family, things that are unspeakable that you don't want anyone to experience. But at the same time, you know, those things and those events of my life just piled on top of each other. I think it was only a matter of time before something was going to give my body I would start having chronic pain. And you're right. It wasn't like flipping a switch and saying, well, I love myself. Everything is fine. That's not how it works. But what I did do was start stepping into my authenticity more, a lot less people pleasing and connecting to myself to figure out, well, what is it that I need in this moment? How can I serve myself better today? How can I have more compassion for myself? What is it that I need? And those, maybe, maybe I couldn't at that time say that I love myself the way that I know I can say now authentically, but those were ways that I was showing myself love in that moment, which our bodies really respond to very well. So it was like those practices, even if you can't say it, it's showing yourself love and compassion and patience and kindness, just like we would want other people to treat us, as soon as we start treating ourselves more that way, things really started to open up for me. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, Dana, thank you very, very much for being part of this podcast. Um, this is a story again, we'll probably have you back on again to tell more parts of your story because we're again just touching the smallest part of it. So as far as accessing your film Love Heals, how do we do that? Yeah, so the best place is really going to be the website. It's www.lovehealsfilm.com. And right now, as you know, we are getting ready to launch a big screening. So in in partnership with you, uh, Dr. Hanscom and, and Dr. Les Aria, we are going to do a screening that starts on April 25th and is going to run through May 2nd. So we'll have a nice window of time for people to see our film. And I'm really excited about the fact that you guys are also going to do a workshop with us on May 1st. So if you're interested in seeing the film and being part of that workshop, it's only going to be $15 for the entire experience. And you can go to the website. And in the next few days, we will be switching it over to make sure people can purchase their tickets for that experience. So Dana, thank you. And I'm excited to be, well, first of all, you know, for me personally, it's why I keep doing this. Um, It's just people like you that get better. I mean, for me to be part of your journey is really a a huge honor for me. Of course, I'm grateful for my own healing journey. So you're doing this. I know you feel the same way I do. When you go through that kind of suffering and you come out of it, you really like to help other people out of that same suffering. 
it is what keeps me going every day of my life is to know that the pain that I experienced was very purposeful, not just for me to wake up to who I am, but to give anyone else suffering with chronic pain or chronic illness, hope and community. I mean, through the Love Hills film, we actually created a community on Facebook. There's a Facebook group that people have really connected to. And then once a month, we offer a free Zoom call. That's a Love Heals gathering. And we bring people from all over the world to come together that are on a similar mission or experiencing you know, similar things in their life to have community, to connect with other people. We do it very similar to the way you were doing it. We have small groups that they can break out into and, and feel seen and heard while they're on this journey. So this isn't just a film, it's, uh, it's a movement. And I'm so honored to have had your participation in it, David. It just wouldn't be the same without you not only in the film, but being such a part of my healing journey. And I can't thank you enough. No, thank you. I'd like to thank our guest, Dana Crochier, for being on the show today and for telling us about the making of the documentary Love Heals and the insights that she gained from that. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.